Welcome to Fucking Candyland, hosted by Rampage and Gemini. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to Candyland, our season finale of season two, Gemini. Does it feel like you've been doing this for two seasons? Because it doesn't feel that way here. What it feels like is that we've really grown and elevated as people in the last year and a half or a little over a year or even just a year and a half because I feel like, you know, there was a lot of planning and a lot of things that went into creating the podcast. It wasn't like it was just born overnight and we just did it. So I do think that like when I look back at like who I was like two years ago, I do think there was still a lot being hidden, like not yet revealed for what my purpose truly was. And I'm really grateful for that because it's really that time hotel of like, if you got what you wanted when you wanted it, it wouldn't have been in alignment long-term or it like wouldn't have been what you thought it was. And I think that's so important because people rush in to relationships and like marriages and different things in their life that are supposed to be like a lifelong commitment and people don't think things through like they're making extremely permanent decisions on those temporary feelings that fade over time and I think that's why people are so lonely because we don't learn about ourselves deeper so I think this podcast has invited us both to really learn about ourselves deeper because We've not like sugarcoated our life. It's not like, oh, it was puppies and rainbows for the last year and a half. Like, you know, there's been tower moments. And I think that it was cool to be able to grow through those instead of like sitting on that energy or talking shit or like doing the low vibrational stuff. We like really built upon that energy. Somebody had messaged me that listened to last week's episode and was like, how does the drama be like finding you guys? And I, for me, I, I reflected on that for a minute and I'm like, you know what? Like we go through the same amount of stuff. I don't feel like, I feel like we have less than a whole bunch of people, but with having a podcast or being on, you know, a public platform at all, we are sharing that stuff with other people. And so it may seem like, we go through more things, but I think that's because we're so open about things that we go through, which allows people to see behind the scenes on that growth journey that you're talking about is like, yes, we are both very different evolved people than when we first started the podcast. I know that something for me that I reflect on a lot is my communication and my ability to go back and forth with having conversations and not feeling like, they probably don't want to hear what I'm having to say anyway. So I'll just be quiet and let Paige talk, which is how I used to feel. And was like, oh, she's so much better at communicating than I am and whatever. And now I'm like, that's my bitch. And I got to tell her all my stories. <laughs> yeah. You know, I do see a lot of growth on you. I'm just a personal level since we started the podcast, because I do think that, you know, it is important to have a support system of people that really do want to see you win because when you find those people, you become an unstoppable force because those outside energies and those low vibrational conversations become noise. And it becomes difficult too if you don't have, I think, especially this year, you and I have experienced like having people inside of our inner circles that were supportive to a point. I'm supportive until I'm intimidated. And then I have to go let other people know that I don't like what you do, or I'm not liking something. 
And that can be a very uncomfortable place to blossom in where you're like, gosh, I just want to grow and expand. And then you're like, but fuck, it's so uncomfortable out here because like everybody's a little spooky and I don't know what to expect. And so being able to, I think for me, us really talking about like authentic connections and coming back every week and having these like check-ins and discussions about things and like different viewpoints on it has really helped me with being able to align full-time with energy that serves me because we are constantly redirecting our energy into that space and that's what we wanted it to be for listeners too yeah because when we entertain that low vibrational energy like it's a reflection of what we're entertaining and i love that you pointed that out because long term as you grow you're gonna leave people behind you're going to leave behind people you never thought would do you wrong or you never thought wouldn't be standing beside you or whatever you know and I love that we've grown so much in such a short time because the time's gonna pass regardless you can look around at people that are doing things that intimidate you and make fun of them or be upset or triggered by that energy or you can get up off your ass and go after your dreams because you will be less worried less intimidated less stressed if you're exuding energy into something and you're creating something that you're proud of and I think that's what I really feel about the podcast that is really bringing me into like this humbling moment is like I'm just so proud that we like stuck to it even those times where like we dropped an episode late or we dropped episodes early like whatever it was like we just went with flow and instead of being upset about the change in plans we just like went with it yeah, and it's made it a super comfortable space. And something I wanted to go back on and touch on that you talked about was um, like an instant gratification thing or um, expecting things to be long-term that are meant to be short-term. And I really think that people being um, so Hollywoodized and seeing like romances and friendships and whatever unfold over a period of like two and a half, three hours or something. And you seeing something happening really fast and then it just cuts off with a perfect happily ever after. I think that it really puts unrealistic expectations into people romance wise, friendship wise, and people do lose the understanding of like, this is a perfectly scripted thing with multiple people in here manipulating these relationships to make you feel that way. And I think that there are a lot of people who, whether they use glamour magic or it's just a part of their personality, are really good at writing scripts for their own lives. And so they will make multiple people in their lives think different things about them. And it's all for like a show or a performance. And I'm not buying tickets to the circus and I don't want free tickets either. So stop trying to give me free tickets to your circus because fuck out of here with that nonsense. That is fucking kid shit. It is time to grow up and cut the distractions. Quit being your own worst enemy. If you use the words, I'm my own worst enemy, then you need a few things in my like opinion. First would be personal reflection. Second, therapy. Like, seriously like quit being your own worst enemy because you're choosing that that's your reality that you're choosing and then like third a lot of people utilize self disempowerment through their relationships through their romantic partners like they date people who take away their power or oh my god I have to ask or oh I can't do that or I can't cut my hair that way or do the things I want to do you know I see that so often and when people get around me I show you that that's all bullshit and then next thing you know you're going through a breakup or like whatever and that's why like I know when I meet friends and they fall off or they randomly block me that it's not anything that I did it's that me living prosperously and happily with no regard or concern about what they're doing bothers them because they can't stop thinking about me or they're worried about me or they've seen a glimpse into my life and now they want more of that or they want that to be them and they don't like that it's me and that's weird 
And it's not even just me. Like this is a metaphorical thing. Like this happens to everyone. And I'm using me as an example because I love me, but I also love you and like love Gemini and love whoever the fuck, because at the same time, like we can all win. And I know like some people have their strengths and some people have their weaknesses and it's best to just utilize what you're good at and then let other people pick up those other parts and quit trying to worry about it all. Yeah, you're one of those friends who come around me and I'm going to make you believe in yourself. And I absolutely understand that. And, and I resonate with that because I feel like inside of friendships, if you have problems inside of your relationship or you feel undervalued in your relationship, your partner's going to end up not liking me. Because when you come and you hang out with me, I'm like, you shouldn't be being treated that way. You shouldn't be being talked to that way. There now, okay, so with this conversation, obviously, like, I'm married, right? And so I do have conversations with my husband of, like, hey, I'm wanting to go and do this trip or I'm wanting to go do this. It's not daddy, can I go and go hang out with my friends? It's more of like, what's your food truck schedule like? Do you have anything going on? Those are healthy conversations that you should be having and like check-ins that you should be having for like mutual respect and making sure that like your family life is going to be taken care of while you're gone. But the, and I think that people confuse those like respectful conversations and respecting your partner with the, Am I allowed to go out and then somebody throwing a fit about you going out and doing something? You don't deserve to be treated like you are doing something wrong by having a life and a person outside of your life partner. You have to have, to me, that is a form of isolation and abuse to me. If you aren't allowed to go out and have other friendships and other conversations. If your partner was to find out that you are venting to your friend or, or getting their perspective on something and they're mad about it, that's because they don't want somebody else giving you a different viewpoint and them possibly being wrong inside of a situation. And you and I are both the people that are going to be like, uh, what? Like, not in a judgmental way, but in a, has nobody fucking told you your worth lately? Because it's not that. Yeah. And I cannot even express what you said even more. Like that is the facts. And I am always that friend, especially that friend. Like when I'm just a friend with someone, I am really big on like, they'll come to my house and it, if it feels like a vacation when we hang out, it's probably because you're living in hell somewhere. Like, you know, and I hate to see that because I can tell when people isolate themselves or when they project onto me, like, because the partner or the person will put ideas in their head, like, well, she just thinks she's better than you. Or she just thinks her life's so figured out so she can tell you about yours or whatever. And I lost that friend of like 15 years. Remember I told you all about that earlier in the year. She texted me and was like, ever since you started reading tarot, we're not aligned. You're subtweeting me. You're talking about me, whatever. She messaged me on my birthday this year and said, hey, I've been thinking a lot about you. I hope you're doing well. And I didn't, I didn't say anything because at the end of the day, baby girl, you thought your life was better off without me. And that was what back in August. So it's a year later, ain't shit changed for you. And I'm elevating to the fullest. And you know, now deep down in your heart, you knew then as well, but it wasn't me. It was you. And you were upset that I was thriving. And around that same time, there were several people that exited my life. And like, it's weird to be like, I got you a birthday present and then block someone, or I got you a Christmas present and then block someone, or I'm going to send you a present and then send your friend one instead. Like people are fucking weird. And like, nobody asks y'all to be generous or caring or show emotion that you don't show to others. Just because I show emotion and give people things and like to share doesn't mean that's your spirit, baby. So don't be trying to like project your insecurities onto me like that's what I find is like a lot of those people who have those insecure partners will straight project those insecurities on you as quickly as possible as quickly as they can because they want to see how you're going to respond to that how long are you going to tolerate that type of friendship the one-sided that you don't do enough for me oh my god you've only given me four new wardrobes but you don't do enough for me 
You know what I mean? Like, check yourself, please, at the door. Yeah, and for some reason, too, it's always the people who you're trying to help the most. And I think it's because, I think, I I truly think it's because some people can't take help and support outside of criticism. So they probably have an unhealed wound of when people have given them things in the past or done things for them in the past or given advice, it's been out of a, oh, poor you, and like a judgment probably. And so they have that unhealed wound where they're not able to receive from other people without feeling that. And Um, I know that something for me that I used to feel was I used to feel like if somebody gave me something, I had to, I'm going to give you something right back. And it took me out of my receiving energy and always made me feel on an energy of like, I have to match their energy. So things didn't used to always come from an authentic place. It came from a, I don't want you to have one up on me. And so I had to do a lot of healing on that because that is unfair to the person who is gifting you, who's giving to you for you to be like, oh no, whatever. If we had been when we were in Utah and I was doing food because that is like what I, like that is how I'm showing love in my love language. And you kept on being like, I don't really want this. I don't really know. Like you shouldn't have to cook for me. I'd eventually been like, well, then fucking go cook. Like, you know what I mean? It, it like it hurt. It will hurt your feelings. Yeah. And honestly, I talked about this earlier with a friend is like people rejecting gifts by saying like, oh, I don't like this or this isn't my style. Like, oh, that's, that's so fucking bad. weird. And there's several people I've now heard that have like had that issue with it like their family or a dynamic a situation that they were exposed to and I'll just say that if like someone takes their time to give you anything regardless if it's your style or you're going to use it accept it and then put it in a bin that you re-gift to other people or donate like you don't have to keep it but you definitely I run into that a lot because I like my love language to people is personalized gifts like really getting a gift where it's like wow Paige like I really like this like you know what I mean or I really am gonna use this like I like being that person where people are like wow you gave me this and I love it and I think about things like I set on things like I'll be having people's presents for their birthday like months in advance just because I'll find something and hold on to it like you know but some people are in that blocking energy where receiving something makes them feel weak or makes them feel like you they owe you something or like if you've ever had someone say to you like well I bought this for you or I did this for you or I bought you school clothes or I bought you school supplies or even just like basic things like I put a roof over your head like comments like that to a child um I read something and it said the reason you have anxiety about money is because your parents talked about bills around you And it made sense to me because I grew up in a household that was very centered around money, finances, having, not having. If we had it, we had a lot. If we didn't have it, we didn't have any. There was like never no middle ground in my house. There was never balance. It was you have a lot in the fridge or you have nothing in the fridge. And so as a child, like hearing a lot of talk about bills and like things like that in my early adult life had me heavily focused on money because I just didn't want to live like that. And so when I talk about money now, I come from a place of peace. I don't mean like, oh my God, like just fix your credit, idiots. Like that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like, it's a lot more common sense when you're not fighting a system that it's going to exist regardless if you participate, regardless if you know what the fuck you're doing, you're still going to pay taxes. You're still going to have a credit score and you're still not going to know how the fuck to use it if you don't learn and people don't want to invest like people don't want to invest and my credit score just keeps going up and I don't care what people want to do it's the inevitable of what we signed up to do as humans that we're fighting that creates an imbalance in the system if you just give and receive imbalance if you just do and rest in balance if you just plant and think and balance if you create and receive or whatever the balance needs to be at the time you will be okay. 
you will have what you need. You will drive a better car. You will have a better job. You'll be like Gemini and go from one podcast to three in three years. Like, you know, you don't see that coming when you start your first podcast that you're going to have three. You don't see whenever you start a business that you're going to need employees in the future. Like you don't see those things because you're not supposed to. If spirit was like, well, around age 27, you're going to meet the love of your life. At 32, you'll have a kid. At 44, your your dog will die. You know, like you don't want to know those things. Like you might think you want to know those things, but you don't. No, because if I had been told three years ago, in three years, you're going to have three podcasts, I would have been so fucking like, how? I work full time. I like, I'm so, I was so sick three years ago too. Like, I just, I cannot imagine knowing all of the stuff that I was going to do now, I would have felt extremely rushed to do things in a certain amount of time. Things wouldn't have organically unfolded. I wouldn't have been patient and waited for things to happen because I would have consistently been feeling like I needed to go and make those things happen. If you and I had started the podcast knowing we're going to do a season of interviewing people and then we're really going to just like want to be solo, I think that would have like not helped us to progress naturally to that. And it would have been forced and inauthentic yeah and that's what I'm wanting everyone to hear like you don't want to know every milestone but when you are tapped in spiritually and you're using your intuition you're going to know what you need to know like you're going to know what spirit is revealing and what's important and what is valid and I think that that's what's really important is like I didn't see even being so tapped in where I would be a year ago from now. Like I remember a year ago sitting in my room, like these are the moments that you're going to look back on and be like, wow, like it's really building something there. Like I was really doing something there, you know? And like, that's right. When we were like starting the podcast and stuff. So like the momentum of like, we were going to do bi-weekly episodes and then we went to weekly, like we shifted a lot of dynamics early. And I think that, you know, it would have felt rushed or uh, pressured. And that's why like organic energy and just going with the flow and not being so like in your head about things, I think is important. And that's why like the swords and the tarot are all about like mind and mental chatter. And really the whole sword journey isn't comfortable. Like nothing about the sword journey is comfortable. Most of the cards are blindfolded or crying or dead. And that's just the facts. And when you're down, you don't ever think you're going to be up again. And there's a quote from a movie, um, the movie Blow with Johnny Depp. And the dad is like talking to him really serious. And, it, and it's about like, you know, when you're down, you don't think you're going to be up. And he goes in this big spill. And it makes me think like a lot of people don't see the other side when they're in that darkness of a spiritual awakening or a catastrophic event or someone passes away or something happens that's significant that is a catalyst. We don't see the other side of it. But if you do persist, like it unfolds differently than if you're like if you knew everything I was laughing about you saying blow because I was like we've had you mentioned blow and then when we were together uh at the Airbnb we were watching about that like lady mafia leader or whatever and I I don't know and then I started laughing about how when they busted into her room she was reading the bible and she's just like not a mafia lady I'm reading the bible <laughs> and then we also watched the hangover while we were there and getting roofied and shit so I just love that the best quotes really do come from drug inspired activities well nothing can beat the crackheads from last week I mean at least you're here in one piece and the really amazing thing is like any drama that we've had is only to show us that we're responding differently because it does not matter if you are the most evolved motherfucker or if you're a monk somebody's gonna try to stir the pot with you like it doesn't really matter how prosperous or um you know authentically or elevated that you're living the darkness will always try to come put out your light, but that's why your force must be a force to be reckoned with. And you must elevate 
your mindset when it comes to what you really want and what you've been handed because most of those things are not hand in hand and even though we're like well these are the cards I have and this is what I want but I can't have what I want and that's your problem I think that a lot of people really do think, oh, okay, so if I'm working on myself spiritually and I like raise my vibration or whatever, then I'm just not going to encounter bullshit anymore. And that is our whole point is that that's so not the case. The difference is, and keeping that vibration high, the difference is how you approach and process situations. It's not that we don't go through the same things it's these are what our mindsets are while we're working on going through it hey we had all of this drama happen and guess what we learned we learned that we already knew things we needed to trust our intuition we needed to work more on our protection magic we really needed to be in each other's communities more and instead of trying to be involved with each other, but have a respectful difference. Like if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And we're a fucking team. Like it, it really just depends. And some people would have experienced that and shut their businesses down. They wouldn't have done what they were doing anymore because, because they felt betrayed or taken advantage of or whatever. And, um, in, uh, fucking Oregon last week, we could have been like, or this week, I guess we could have been like, oh no, we're going to stay here another night because we still have work to do and like, you know, whatever. But we're like, we're all trusting intuition and bouncing. So that's it. No amount of money is going to have me going or staying or being somewhere that I feel unsafe. I don't give a fuck. I promise you, I will lose two, three, four, five hundred dollars and not go somewhere that feels unsafe. Back to whenever I went to Detroit, that original Airbnb in Daytona supposedly said it had roaches. I wasn't going there, not a chance in hell. And then we go to the real hell on earth and I'll never, ever forget that trip because it taught me a lot. You can't visit everywhere and stay in an Airbnb. Some places you're just going to have to spend the money on the hotel if you want to go there. Because at least at a hotel, I could have called corporate. Like there's there's levels to it. But Airbnb's customer support is the absolute worst mm -hmm. that you've ever Work. dealt with. And I promise you... Anyone listening who considers using Airbnb, they are not vetting these homes. So just because I have a home that has doors and windows, air condition and heat is optional, I can put it on Airbnb. I stayed in a home in Indianapolis late last year that I promise you the lady had glued affirmations. Remember I told you all that, like post-it note vision board glued to her wall in the back and then food in the fridge this lady picked up and went and stayed at her boyfriend's her boyfriend or wherever her brothers I don't know I don't care but she picked up and I could have went in her panty drawer and peeked what the fuck she had now that's weird to me how are you gonna let someone literally sleep in your bed and you know like, I mean, let's just be honest. They say they're changing sheets and all this shit, but who's to say they are? So, yeah, this is the first time that I've ever booked an Airbnb, that I ever stayed in an Airbnb. And okay. I, more than likely, I will never do it again. That's a lot. No. We stayed in an Airbnb. Okay, well then that if we even paid for that and if it was even a thing but um what yeah I paid for it on my card what do you mean we paid for that I don't think homegirl had to pay for our stay I think homegirl pocketed our cash the whole fucking time I consistently thought that but that's just me I think I've told Jackie that too so you think that she got the hookup from her friend and we didn't pay to stay there I think that she got the hookup from her friend. I think that she took our money. I think that's why the whole time she was like, don't worry about gas. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. That's what I think happened. Because she felt guilty. Because she felt guilty. And that's why she was like, here, I got this pen for you. And all this other stuff. Absolutely. 100%.
Well, I just know that at the end of the day, you can't travel with everyone. You can't stay in Airbnb everywhere. I don't care how good the reviews are. They are lying. And you know what's wild is I've learned that they'll reduce the rate to like $40 or $50 a night and get a bunch of good reviews. Because, of course, if you stay at a mediocre place for $50, you're going to be like, Tim was great. Communication was on point. There was a bed with pillows. You know what I mean? But then if you pay $250 a night for the same thing, your reviews are going to be a little mixed when you just spent $500 on this mediocre, smells like grandma's dungeon. We stayed, so this place that we got was like $450 or some shit like that, or $487 for two nights. And so when we booked it, we were both like, this is going to be a nice house, like whatever. It's going to be amazing. House itself is great. They don't tell you that you're on the sidewalk in fucking crack city. And Airbnb, to talk about the Airbnb customer service, I didn't even tell you about the customer service experience with Airbnb. First of all, I was on speakerphone in the car while we were driving back. So Tanya, my assistant, and my sister-in-law heard it over here. Um... I need to, we're going to upgrade your call to the next assistant. And then you'd talk to somebody and he'd be like, oh, I actually, I need to escalate this. I it, This bitch escalated so fucking, I don't know where we ended up. We escalated so fucking high up in the ranking. And their thing was um, Airbnb is not responsible for the community that people's homes are inside of. So it is what it is. And I said, what would have happened if the person who was breaking in next door had broken in to the house and something had happened to us. Like does Airbnb take any responsibility for the homeowner, not telling anybody about the neighborhood or anything. And their thing was, we talked to the host. They didn't, they didn't answer on that. We talked to the host. She's not willing to do a refund. And these are the policies of Airbnb. We have to follow them. That's exactly what happened in Detroit, and they were no help when the guy literally three hours after check-in had literally still not sent us the address because he wanted to make sure that the check-in process had started on the app so that there was no partial or no refund in general. There, I mean, a lot of them, they don't even have refunds. Like, I canceled one. I didn't even go, and I lost 50%. Like I, that's happened almost every time. Like I didn't even get there. I didn't even get, get to go. And some of them I canceled months in advance, like three and four months. And I still had to pay 50%. So that's wild. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm few and far in between. I'm going back to hotels because honestly, every time I stay at a hotel, like it's been really nice. People are like, how can I accommodate you? And honestly, hotels were struggling so bad during the pandemic because airbnbs were more free for all and you didn't have to wear a mask and it was a lot less stress so people started opening them in abundance well then hotels have bounced back baby and they've really upped their shit a lot of the hotels i've been in recently have been really nice very accommodating and just overall like a really great experience did i tell you um we went and we stayed for our anniversary at this like themed hotel and the one that we got was the Oregon Trail. And so the hotel is owned by Mormons, but they had uh, cauldron um, baths. They had bath salts. They had spelled candles and all kinds of stuff in the thing. And I was looking at it. And then I'm looking at the kid at the front desk. And I said, isn't this owned by Mormons? And he goes, yeah. And I said, but you guys sell like witchy things like cauldrons and spell jars and stuff. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And he's like, yeah, they'll, they'll sell anything to make a dollar. And it just fucking made me laugh. This kid had to have been like, I don't know, like 17. And yeah, we will. Hell yeah, brother. I agree. We sure will. Hell yeah, brother. Anything to make a dollar. Every time you say brother, it makes me think of Holt Hogan. And I always just see you. Brethren? I'll throw in the brethren. The brethren. Look at my cute handmaid. You and your shoulders popping out all your shirts. And you're like, yeah, brother. Brother. Those are cute. Handmade. Is that by the lady you sent me earrings from? Yeah. It looks like her art. So um, Polly sent me these 
this whole array of roach clips and earrings from this lady near her. And um, so I think that I recognize the red beads because I got those ones from her that are the black safety pins with the red beads. And they're so fucking amazing. She's fire. She really does amazing work. And I love her work. I'm going to start featuring it. I'm going to start doing a uh, monthly giveaway as well on my Patreon. And I'm doing them for my classes now. Yeah, fuck yeah. Well, I do the um I think giveaways every month on Patreon is such a dope idea. I do it for the witchcraft boxes and I think that's it's a really good way for you to be able to use your gift-giving gift. I know, honestly, and I have a lot of really cool stuff that I like stockpile in abundance for people. I just I like buying stuff and I like putting stuff together all the time. So I'm going to start doing, I'm actually going to start selling spell kits too. Speaking of you getting stuff together, can we talk about your artwork? Yeah, I'm getting back on the artwork train. I cleaned out my art closet. We was cleaning out the closet today and I got it popping off. I went off today and I got this one fucking closet clean and I got all the art stuff out. I got a whole new, uh, just set up with organization and I spread out my new plants. I've been repotting plants. Like I'm feeling artsy. I'm feeling excited. Summertime, baby. Feeling artsy and fartsy. I like it. Um, and you're going to be selling your artwork and what people just pay shipping. Um, well, I'm not, I'm not selling it. I'm only making it for people on Patreon. So join Patreon. And then if you pay shipping, I'll send you a painting an eight by 10. Yeah, bitch. I'm sending shipping. I want it. Yeah. Shipping on like flat rate for paintings. Cause they have to be in a bigger box. Normally it's like 15 for the box that I have to use, but it just depends. I've been sending paintings out recently and it's been hitting a little different. And honestly, Art is such a great expression for your intuition and being able to use your intuition so spirit can like connect with you on a deeper level. Creating something from nothing, like looking at paint or looking at a medium and creating something is connecting with spirit. It is a channel and form of spiritual work. And all artists are channeling some type of spiritual communication to earth through their art, whether that's music or art or you know you take junk and turn it into treasure it is all a art form from the divine I had been having a at my uh, old job I had a patient who she was talking about how she was doing different kinds of paintings and she would go out into nature and she would like paint the landscape or whatever and I made a comment like oh I wish that I was artistic or something like that but there's no way I could do that and she went in she sat down at my desk and went into this whole thing of everybody has different artistic gifts and can do things in different ways. She's like, I could never wear makeup. For me, people who know how to do their own makeup, she's like, that is really crazy to me. Like, that's artistic. And she said, people who know how to interior design, that's beautiful because I don't know how to do that. And that just really got me. I think that was when I had first started the podcast too. So that really got me going with like, oh, wow. Like even communication can be an art form because some people don't have that. Yeah. And that's, what's really cool about just like developing your own skills and not looking at other people's paper and not looking at like a blueprint that someone else put out that worked for them. Because I'll be honest, I go in and out of waves with all of the modalities that I use here lately. I've been really on Reiki and meditation, like deep meditation, astral traveling. I've been like, I know we talked about it. I've been sleeping in front of mirrors and all of my mirrors make these portals. I've been sleeping in front of probably like a lot, but I've been doing it. And it's been so cool because so many people are like, oh my gosh, like I saw you on the astral realm and you were doing all this healing work and you were helping this person and you were helping me and like all this stuff. So I do think it's important. Like, I don't think there's anything bad sleeping in front of mirrors. When I first started spiritual work, I did speak on sleeping in mirrors being not, not the best, but I personally think that I've reached a point of elevation that I can, maybe it's not for everyone, maybe like connecting with that much energy when you sleep would leave you feel fatigued or tired, but 
for me, I've, I'm like a mirror freak. I live in a house of mirrors. I probably have over 50 mirrors in my house. So, Yeah, but the difference is that you're inside of a spiritual space where you're taking care of your mirrors, where you're washing your mirrors, where you clean your mirrors, where you cleanse your space all of the time, where you're in control of the energy in your space. People will go and buy funky ass mirrors at antique shops and all this shit and then just have it face their bed, not knowing what they're doing. Absolutely the fuck not. We are yeah, not. No, I mirror. don't like, I don't like condone getting the grudge mirror, but almost all of my mirrors have been thrifted at some point. But I we like- literally at this Airbnb, I, I made a TikTok. We literally put a sheet over them. There was a mirror on this old ass armoire facing the bed. I'm oh. like, yeah, the fuck no. And my assistant came out, took her mirror out. She's like, I'm not fucking sleeping with this shit. Even before she knew. Honestly, I'm just like mm-hmm. only going to go to hotels and sketchy areas. Like if I don't know the area and I know this area, like if you're going to go to Nashville, you can probably stay in Airbnb, but it's going to be about $600 a night. But like in Kentucky, it's the same way. I told you that before. Like there are a lot of areas that are trying to become up and coming, but yet you walk down the street and you don't know what you're about to be working with and that's just not safe it's not safe because airbnb is not coming ever to inspect these homes they don't know if they have roaches they don't know if they have bed bugs no one is inspecting them there is no like code enforced like there should be a code enforcer in every city and state for airbnb that periodically can show up on the property address and take a peek I personally think that Airbnb should invest in people who have to go and check out Airbnbs and do a checklist on the house and assess the neighborhood and other stuff. They should absolutely have some kind of like you could go to stay in creepy Chuck's house and end up in his basement. You know, what's crazy is like you show up and you don't even know if the person who lives there is there. They could be in a a basement. That's really fucking creepy, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, like, I've stayed in Airbnbs that were in people's houses before. Like, like, ritzy-ass, rich-ass houses that are, like, massive. And it wasn't a problem, but, you know, you stay at the wrong house. Yeah, I don't, and I didn't understand that. So, to correct myself from earlier, I've just never booked, like, my own Airbnb or been the person who is in control of, like, choosing where to go and reading reviews and whatever. And so, I, I'm i a little extra annoyed about the situation just because I read so many reviews and I did so much research. And I, you go on Google Pendleton, low crime rate, high crackhead rate low crime rate is that what it says yes well it doesn't say high crackhead rate that is from yours truly you can quote me um it says that it has low crime and so we were all like dope we're gonna be in a great space and we show up to the house and the house next door is dilapidated and their pit bull is shitting in the dirt on the front yard chained up to the post and you're just like i got questions but when we were inside completely fine our problem was that we left the premises had we just been stayed inside that night and not gone and ventured out okay but it's the fact that we removed ourselves and then we saw our surroundings and we we're like what <laughs> yeah honestly i feel like airbnb is such a hit or miss opportunity and i think they're starting to go to shit because a lot of these people took out second mortgages and now the market's not great like now people are not wanting to pay $400 for your Airbnb because they realize they can stay in a hotel or go on an all-inclusive cruise or do something else really fun and not pay for your shitbox house. And this whole not like non-return policy or I'm sorry, non-refund thing should be unacceptable. If I'm canceling 21 days or more, out from my trip it should be 100 that should be non-negotiable from airbnb but airbnb lets every host set the fucking schedule and shit and that's bullshit i don't think that they should be able to do that people are taking advantage of people on that app and to be honest after i go to salem massachusetts and stay in the airbnb that i have booked currently i won't be staying in any other airbnbs period and 
honestly, this Airbnb is in like a very nice house. Like, and these people are going to be home. So <laughs> it's going to be, it's a, it's like a really rich couple though. Like old rich money. So maybe I th- you're going to get, maybe you're going to have like a butler. I think it'll be fine. They have a really cute dog. I saw in the picture. Okay. Cute dog, rich old people. I like it. You could come away with a new grandma and grandpa. You could. I know. They could be like, wow, we're going to adopt her. And that's our new kid. <laughs> that's our exactly. job. Invite me and my family to Christmases. Thank you. The one thing I do want to say, though, that I'm really grateful for the podcast is like the reflection going back and being able to listen to old episodes and just see how much we've grown and see how much we've elevated is really important. I feel like that is such a monumental thing because a lot of people don't journal and they don't reflect. And when you look back, your life is going to look like a blur because all you're going to have is a highlight reel from your Facebook highlights and memories on Snapchat. Like you're not going to have any core, like today was really tough, but I overcame it energy. You're just going to have your highlight reel of photos. You're not going to have the moment that you had a breakthrough documented more than likely. So I encourage everyone to like make notes in your phone because making notes in your phone in a specific folder, you can find things and you can search them. You can search numbers or colors or names, or I like to like write things down so I can find them later. And I think that it's important to just expand on your life and not let it fly by because you have to make the most of each day you have to take the 24 hours that we have and utilize them if not you're the one that you're going to be blaming when you're on your deathbed like you're the one you're going to be upset with whenever you look back and that's what I think the podcast is doing for me is like this is something that like we can see it build and like we have a intimate following and I love that because we've grown like friendships and bonds and like sacred connections with people through our podcast and through things that are normally just bottled up waiting to be expressed from people and I think that's what's really cool is like we can see how far we've come with that yeah that's that is my favorite um way to track our progress. I think that some people track their progress and things by like, how much money is this making me? What am I, you know, receiving out of it or whatnot? And for me, the growth that we have both gained and also, you know, growth in ourselves, but growth in our friendship, like we've, I feel like we're so obviously we didn't really know each other at the beginning when we started the podcast. I don't know if people really know that, but like, we had conversations and we would talk about stuff, but we didn't know each other like we know each other now. Yeah, well, I would say that like when we started the podcast, it was more like even my own mom was like, you don't know that girl. Like you're just going to start a business with her. You're just going to invest this money into this stuff. Like my mom was really the one that was like, that could go south really quick because you don't know her. And I remember thinking like, I really feel like I do know her enough that like, I don't think that it's going to be like that. And I feel like the dedication and like the flexibility that we've had is really helped because there's never been that moment of like, oh my gosh, you always cancel or you always change plans and I'm so sick of it. Or you don't make our podcast a priority. Like we've never had a conversation like that. So I'm pretty sure like the longevity of our, of our stuff is going to be amazing because a lot of people get something good that's working and then somebody needs to be the leader or somebody's got to be number one and number two or somebody's got to be the originator and the creator and the follower or whatever and I feel like with you and I like even like with the whole TikTok thing and just like you've really grown on TikTok in your own way and I've kind of backed off like and I've never once been like oh it's a competition or something like you know like People want things to be a competition, but like when you give it your energy and you put attention into stuff, like you're going to be rewarded. And that's the difference with people like the ones who show up at the gym and ones who never go like you're not going to get the rewards that you think you should be getting if you don't put in that effort and you don't actually go 
do the things. And I think that's what the podcast has shown me. It's like, you can talk about it and you can pretend you're going to do it. But if you are not doing it, then shut the fuck up about it. Because I'm tired of hearing about what people are going to do. Well, and a part of that too is how much action we have to put into things to do the podcast. Like it's an action to get us both able to do something at the same time. It's an action to then sit down and record it. It's an action to edit it and post it. It's an action to promote it, to talk about it, to be about it. There's a lot of a lot of people who just talk about what they want to do because they don't have the consistency to have the action. We've back to back been doing that for two years, you know, together now. And it just is like patience because you're not going to put a podcast out and have thousands of listeners. Like patience is a virtue. It doesn't matter if you have 70,000 followers on the internet, like only about 1% of those people are going to follow you to what you're actually doing. But people, they want to interact with your free content, but only 1% of those people are going to come invest in you. And I feel like we want to make it worthwhile, whether we're talking to one people or 1 million people, like making it interesting and making it unique. I don't ever want someone to be like, they just regurgitate X, Y, Z. Like, I don't even care about current events. Like, I don't care about what other people care about. What I care about is feeling prosperous and happy and being in love with myself and my body and what I do every day. Those are the only factors that I care about. So if you disrupt any of that flow, you got to go and I won't deal with it. I love though that our podcast has already surpassed like, I think it's like 85% of podcasts only have 10 episodes. So it's really cool that like we've already like beat out 85% of people that start something and do less than 10 episodes and drop the ball. I mean, we have a statistic of our own by just being two women able to do business together. That in and of itself is a statistic, let alone we do it cross country, not even being near each other. We still do promotion together. We, you know, like there's a lot of things that we do that I don't think that we sit down and break down like, wow, this part's really unique. This part is unique. And yeah. That is very unique. And honestly, a lot of women can't even be friends or actually wholeheartedly support their own fucking friends, let alone do something that involves money or success or recognition or any type of support. Because I know for a fact, a lot of people could not handle the things that you and I have already weathered and like put behind us like no longer speaking on it no longer giving a fuck about it like a lot of people like you said would have shut down their pages shut down their businesses shut down promotion went into a hermit mode went into a depression wind to their in, in real life friends or went back to the bar and talk shit about whatever you know at the same time like there's a big line that you cross when you go onto your spiritual path and it's am I willing to do this alone and you've got to make that choice. And if you're not, you're not cut out for this path. Because if you think someone's going to be there or because you started this journey with someone, even your partner, even your own mother, whoever, you may have to come to a circle where you're running in circles and you're not getting anywhere. And then you finally realize that this person, this situation, this energy is keeping that cycle and that circle alive. And you have to be the one that says, this is enough. I'm done. That's a lot of accountability for people to to take, though. It's not always once you start doing it, I feel like it more effortlessly happens. But doing that in the beginning is really difficult. And I think that it's a lot easier for people to we've talked about it before to not really like listen and take initiative on the direction on their path and on having follow through with what they're speaking and communicating and um, aligning themselves with people who are also going to want that for them. It's also people who don't want to see other people win do not attract people who want to see them win. You're constantly attracting somebody who wants to be dominant over you, who needs to feel like they are the prettiest and that they are the best and whatever. 
I personally have seen people who have been your friend in particular, who I can tell are your friend because they don't have anything going for themselves and you boost them up. But when you look at it, you're like, but what does that person provide for them? Oh, that person provides that, like, I don't understand sometimes what people provide, but I can see what you're providing other people. And it's funny to see how we don't discuss those things because that's not our business for each other. We don't, we've never done that. And those people have all naturally removed themselves from your personal space. And it's nothing that energy was ever directed at or whatever, just like, huh, I kind of noticed this and what do they, you know? Yeah, I think things naturally fade out. And that's what I was speaking on earlier, like making those permanent rational decisions on temporary fucking feelings. It's like the page of cups energy. Yes, that initial chemistry, that initial love at first sight, that initial ha or that initial whatever, that win, that first taste of freedom, whatever the fuck it is. And people don't understand that too much of anything is too much can be good it can be bad but too much of it is always going to be detrimental and it's just like the billionaires on the submarine people will find the dumbest things to spend their money on when they have too much of it and it's hard for me to feel sympathy for people when you don't help other people with your resources that you're hoarding and I don't have much sympathy when now we have to utilize community resources for your dumbass because that should come out of your bank account bank of america should have wire tra transferred that i guess to the government since we had to come bail you out and it's like i hate how corporations constantly do the wrong thing and cut corners to maximize profits and then it's the american people or any people a community sense that ends up taking care of the dirty work and ends up suffering the most and it's the people at the bottom of the chain that get the most suffering and it's not fucking cool so I can't feel sympathy I don't give a fuck for people who are hoarding resources because I know for a fact once I hit a certain point of resources it's going all back into I'm starting a cat farm first but it's going to be like the cat cafe on crack because it's going to be a cat farm but at the same time, like, animals don't have a voice, so that's where I'm starting. But, like, it will definitely move to children and women, of course. But, for me, animals are my first mission, Um, besides what I'm already doing to help other people now. But, at the same time, I feel like these people don't do enough for others. So, at the same time, when you're cutting corners and you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. I would also like people to pay attention to things that happen during these distraction things. If you notice that all of your FYP is always, you know, Will Smith slapping somebody or a submarine exploding or missing or whatever, there's always something going on that you're not paying attention to. And this time, um, the United States just approved to start selling in public stores lab-grown chicken instead of actual chicken. So they're going to be recreating it inside of labs, and it is approved for them to now feed that to the American people. And that just happened during this whole people are worried about the submarine thing. So there's always other things happening beneath the surface, and inside of simulations you have distractions and i know that not everybody loves the matrix references but it's the thing that i most can like understand and relate to as far as when you're inside of the matrix there are certain things that you are supposed to be like paying attention to and then when you look over here like everything's being revealed same thing happened with um the movie that you were talking about the other week with uh jim carrey yeah the truman show the truman show like there's always something where you're not supposed to pay attention to that because as soon as the veil starts coming unlifted then you're gonna realize that like this isn't reality and the more that people 
Don't put their energy inside of what is being force fed down your throat. You pay attention to other things. For me, that's when people are going to feel more aligned with each other. You're going to actually be putting your energy at being, you know, putting your energy towards things that are going to make differences instead of sitting there. What the fuck are you going to do from your living room worried about the submarine? Absolutely nothing. Are you personally going to go on a rescue mission? No, you're not. So, well, my thing is the matrix that hurts you also convinces you to care about things that hurt you more that create more pain and agony that create more fear and catastrophic events like we are paying attention to the wrong things it is the simple switch bait and switch you know what I mean like I don't know exactly how to explain it if you're not looking at it but if you're looking at it you see it your task here is to not entertain it to elevate your vibration, to be the best version of yourself, and to just live as a good being, living fully, living consciously, living in your heart space and not closing your heart off, not saying the world is evil, not saying money is evil, not saying these dirty programs that cloud your vision. When you say money is evil, you reject abundance. You per you reject things that will make your life easier. When you say Oh, can't trust no one. Trust no one. You're going to attract people you cannot trust. It's only going to show you what you believe. And I know people are like, well, I don't, I don't want to attract those things or I don't want to feel like that. Then why are you waking up and choosing that? It's like that thing. Like I woke up today and chose violence. Why are you waking up and choosing misery or pain or agony or fear? Because you are choosing. Yes. That stuff's going to happen. The universe is going to keep its balance, dark and light. What are you focusing? What are you watering? Are you watering your, your life or are you starving your dreams? Ooh, that's something really good to say. Are you watering your life or are you starving your dreams? I also think, I don't know why, but it felt important to say that Nobody, to go back to what we talked about earlier, nobody knows where they're going to end up with their goal and if they're going to be successful at what they're trying to do or um, if it's all going to work out the way that they're expecting, but you have to try somewhere. And I feel like right now with collective energy, there's a lot of like, I want to be doing this. I want to be doing that. And going back to what you were saying with like, you hear a lot of people talking about what they would want to happen for their life or what they wish that they had or something. And it's scary to everybody. Like nobody knows everything when they get started on something. And I've watched vloggers go from just doing little janky videos inside of their apartments. Now they have these huge houses and all of this lighting and they're doing all this stuff, but they go back and they're like, can't believe that we started over here. And people will vibe with where you are authentically on your journey because somebody else is sitting there going, I really want to start something, but I don't know how. How cool for you if all of a sudden somebody was to pop up on your pages and was to be doing a walkthrough of what they're doing that's all the things that you need to start doing. Like you, instead of sitting here saying, nobody does the thing that I'm wanting to do or nobody has the thoughts that I'm having or whatever. That doesn't mean that you are weird or that you're going to be doing something wrong. It means that you just found your niche and what is authentically you and what would set you apart from what everybody else is doing and help pave a road for somebody else who thinks like you. And also understanding that you are the niche. Like a lot of people and creators go viral for like a certain topic that's not really their passion. It's just a random video that happened to get heated and here we are. And I feel like you have to be the niche. You have to be willing to evolve. When I started my spiritual journey, it led me to art and creating clothes, which led me to a more spiritual practice. I started making candles and doing Reiki. And then it led to tarot and like really doing the psychic energy work. And like spirit led me through the evolution and not a day before. Like there wasn't no part of the journey where I could look back and be like, wow, we should have started that earlier because it all evolved as it should 
in divine timing. And I think that's what our entire podcast is about, like trusting the divine timing of your life, knowing that you are perfectly and perfect, exactly where you're supposed to be. There's nothing else you're supposed to be doing except what you're called to do at this moment. Get off your fucking phone. Put your phone down in the evenings. That's the biggest thing where people are like, well, I wasted three hours on TikTok. Well, stop. You're grown. Be an adult and turn your phone off. You know, like, oh, well, what if someone calls? What if it's important? Well, you probably aren't going to answer their call anyways. So, like, just turn your phone off for a little For me, I have to give myself certain goals that I'm going to do every night. And I have a routine for myself. So if I'm going to sit down and I want to be on my phone and I'm like, I'm, you know what? I have a show on like, this is just lazy time for me. We all know that like lazy time, I'm still doing something. So I'll be like, okay, well, if I'm going to sit here, I need to do three shadow working prompts for the next couple of days. I need to um, make this type of promo for lollipop real quick while I'm sitting, you know, while I'm going to be sitting here or whatever. And then I will give myself a certain amount of time to be on TikTok or something, because then you're retraining yourself to use your downtime in productive ways instead of just mindless, whatever, because you're not actually resting either way, because either way you're stimulating your brain. You can do it in a productive way and have a balance, or you can, just sit there for three hours on TikTok and get nothing done and then be like, oh, fuck, I was supposed to edit spreadsheets for work or whatever, you know? Yeah, and I agree with that. I mean, finding a healthy balance is important, but also getting off your phone and just being in reality is also so valid. Like, just go live a little and don't be afraid that you're going to miss something like don't let FOMO get you down where you think that you need to be in the know and you need to see and know everything that's popping and you need to be in tune with everything. Sometimes people will drop an album and I'll listen to it a week later and let it simmer like and you know, or whatever, like you don't have to like rush to do something just because something came out today or a show drop doesn't mean you need to binge watch all 12 episodes today. You just don't. You just really don't. Sometimes people drop albums and they're full of quotes that Polly Pocket has spoken herself. <laughs> and then you can like quote me as like a co-writer if you want. Um, we are so grateful for our podcast and grateful for the growth and just to be able to look back on this and just see everything as it's unfolded. We're coming back. It's going to be Leo season and August. I don't know exactly when it will be, but the first Wednesday in August. So whatever that is, we'll be back. Gemini, anything you want to say before we wrap up? Uh, We'll still be doing our fucking thing. So make sure that you're following us both. You can find our websites, our social medias and everything linked in the description, wherever you're listening. Um, We'll be back on in the podcast in August, but we are not disappearing as humans. We have so much more stuff, I feel like, too, that's going to be coming up in the upcoming season of the podcast and things that we talk about behind the scenes that we want to evolve on and offer and just so much. So um, make sure that you come back in August to hear about all the progress. Yes, and the full moon circle is July 6th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So come join us for a full moon healing circle. And we're just so grateful. We cannot wait to come back in August. And we will see you next time in Candyland. Bye, everybody. Bye.